Well, Jerick, thank you so much for leading us in worship. Brother Ray, thank you so much for your communion thoughts. I want to thank the teachers and our staff and our shepherds here, our deacons and everyone here that makes our church so special. We're so appreciative of you and what exciting news that we heard this morning about uh, four new shepherds uh, potentially being put in by next week. That's such uh, exciting news. It's welcome news. We've been praying about that. So uh, we're thankful to God uh, for all the work that he's doing here at this church. Um, so I want to say good morning and welcome to the Mission Viejo Church of Christ. What a great day to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Especially since it's so warm outside. I think it was about 85 degrees on my way driving to the church building this morning. So we're so happy to see you here with us uh, as we worship God collectively in spirit and in truth. And if you're visiting with us for the first time, we always want to let you know that you are our honored guest. And you're always welcome here to this church uh, whenever the doors are open. And like uh, Aaron said in the announcements, there's a card in the back of your pew. Take that out. Fill that out. You can put it in the box in the foyer or pass it to me or one of our shepherds. We want to make sure that we reach out to you and invite you back to one of our services or get you plugged in into some of our programmings because I don't think you'll find a finer church in all of Mission Viejo. So this morning, we're going to continue on in our sermon series entitled Home Improvement, which will feed us through the first week of October, and then that first week in October, we're going to have our parent dedication. And like I mentioned, our families are in a time of a great transition with uh, children heading back to school and mom and dad both working. The stress placed on the American family today can be very difficult to handle. And as a result, we sometimes make mistakes in our family units uh, and I believe all of us with families could use a little home improvement from time to time. Now, like I said it last week, if you're single or if you're without family, I still believe that you'll be able to benefit from this sermon series because these principles apply to all Christians and not just those with families. So if you look at our slide up here this morning, last week we talked about the importance of having a satisfying marriage, and I'm so appreciative of all of you that wrote me and texted me or emailed and called and said that was a uh, pretty neat uh, sermon last week. I really appreciate that. Uh, so we talked about the importance of having a satisfying marriage and how having a satisfying marriage can impact uh, holistically the family. And it starts with having a satisfying marriage in order to have a very healthy family. And last week we talked about six principles uh, that you could use that would improve your marriage and your home life. And I hope and pray that you thought about some of those principles and you implemented them uh, this past week in your relationship. So today um, we're going to be talking about uh, this very interesting uh, subject, and it's the subject of incompatibility in marriage. Now, I know all of you are just as compatible as can be with your spouse, so this may not apply to you, but for those of us out there that have differences in our relationships, I think this material will be beneficial to you this morning. And if you're thinking about getting married or in that process of engagement, uh, this will be some really, really good material for you. Uh, this week, uh, David and Magali, it was so funny, they came to my office and Magali walked in and she said, Jason, guess what? We're still together. And I said, isn't that, 
Isn't that wonderful? And then she sat down, and David walked in, and he said, Jason, guess what? I said, what? He said, we're still together. And I said, well, that's great. That's a good, <laughs> that's a good start. So the story goes, a husband was trying to prove to his wife that women talk more than men. So he showed her a study that indicated men on the average only speak about 15,000 words a day, while women use 30,000 words a day to communicate. And the wife said, well, that's probably true because women have to repeat everything they say when they're talking to their husbands. Amen. That could be true. Um, I'm going to tell you a little secret this morning, if you don't know. Men and women are completely different. That's the secret there. You could take that and we can go home. (laughs) Men and women are completely different. And the key to making a marriage last, I think, is found in this this verse that we're going to look at this morning. Go to this next slide, if you will. I think it's found in this verse, Ephesians chapter 5, verses 20 and 21. Here's the key to having a successful, compatible marriage. Always giving thanks to God, the Father, for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So this morning, we can really end on this verse. If you have a marriage that is incompatible in nature at times, this passage is really for you and for all of us. Number one, give thanks to God for your spouse. Just start with that. Be thankful that they're in your life, that they put up with you. Amen. Just be thankful that you have a spouse that is healthy, whole, and there with you. That changes your perspective right off the bat. Just be appreciative and thankful for what God has blessed you with and who God has blessed you with. And then secondarily to that, make sure you submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And it starts with those two principles. And if you get those two principles down, then we can begin the dialogue and the conversation of of how to practically do that. So, uh, let's go to this next slide. Incompatibility is a given in marriage, okay? I just want to make that crystal clear. Incompatibility is a part and a given in marriage. And I'll say this, the most in- incompatible time in your marriage is when you first say, I do. Did you know that? You know, a lot of couples will say, you know, we're getting ready to get married and we have all these wonderful things in common. And I just look at people and I go... Did you not know that this is probably the most incompatible time that you'll have in your relationship? When you first say, I do, and then for those of you who have been married for a while, you know the rest of your marriage is spent on working out the incompatibilities, amen? That's what marriage is about. So when you look down the line and after you've been married 20, 30, 40 years, you start to become even more one, right? And I look at my grandparents now, and it's funny because they talk the same, they dress the same sometimes, they act in the same way. They're almost one person, and it's amazing to me how God does that throughout the relationship. So when you first get together, don't be surprised if you're just incompatible and you fuss and you fight and you bicker and you go back and forth. That's a part of this whole process. Incompatibility is there. And it reminds me 
of what we read in this first passage in Genesis chapter 27 through 28. God created us differently. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. So God created these differences from the very beginning. We're incompatible as genders. Gender differences. God made men and women different on purpose to fulfill his purpose. So that means that men should not try to be like women and women should not try to be like men. God takes pleasure in gender differences. And that's why we have this from the beginning. So in a relationship, you're already incompatible because of your gender differences. So if you think about it, God set it up that way. What about family backgrounds? When you first get married, you realize that there are different family dynamics and backgrounds and you come up differently and in different ways. So in your new relationship, you have input from the wife's family and the husband's family and all those come together at, at, at one point in this marriage. And sometimes that can be difficult. Chances are you, you, you and your spouse come from completely uh, different backgrounds. The way you communicate might be different. The way you show affection is different. You know, the way we showed affection in the Darden household is we would, for the fellas anyway, we would give handshakes and a, a, and a pat on the back of the head. That's what my dad used to do to show us affection. And that was like him saying, I love you. And we knew it all the time, right? But in Mary's family, the, 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 they're very affectionate. They say, I love you. You can't hang up the phone without saying I love you or you get in trouble. So we have family differences in the way that we show affection. And it's powerful because God uses that. Maybe you're, the way you, you, you operate financially is different when you come together. Maybe you come from different religious backgrounds. Maybe you cheer for different sports teams. Amen? I couldn't marry a Dallas Cowboys fan, so we, you know. But we come from different family dynamics, and we have all these things in each one of us, and then we come together in marriage, and we wonder why sometimes we have issues here and there. What about personality differences? Chances are you and your spouse have different personalities, and that's the way God designed it. You know, uh, when Mary and I were first married, I told this story before, but before we got married, we did marriage counseling uh, with, with my professor, Monty Cox, and he made us take a Myers-Briggs personality test. Uh, and it was so interesting because when we took the personality test, the, the, the test told us that Mary and I were not supposed to be together. I'm this type personality, and she's that type of personality. And we're going to fuss when it comes to this, have disagreements about that, and so forth and so on. Typically, your personalities don't match up that well. And if you look at married couples, don't you see that often? The, the, the wife is this way, the husband is this way, and you're going, man, you guys can be more different. How does that work? How do you make that happen? What about a type A or a type B personality? You have that in relationships. And it's funny because Mary and I, um, we talk about our differences all the time. You know, I, I am an impatient person at times, and I walk very fast. I don't know if you guys noticed that, but I eat and I walk fast. And Mary likes to walk slow and enjoy scenery when we're walking. So it's those things can sometimes come up and be problems, you know. Mary would be like, why are you running? And I'm saying, why are you walking so slow? I mean, just... Things happen from time to time, and there's incompatibilities. But you notice when you're dating, you always talk about all the things you have in common, don't you? You ever notice that? When you're first dating, you're like, oh, we like the same song. 
You like pizza? I like pizza. Wow, you know? We like the same sports teams and the same activities. Isn't this wonderful? We have so much in common, all right? And then you get married, and you spend a lot of time talking about what you don't have in common anymore. It's a weird dichotomy. So we have to work through these things in marriage because everybody is incompatible with everybody else. That's a part of the process. So through this marriage, we have to learn to overcome the incompatibilities. And I believe that God can help us learn how to do that. So this morning, for the rest of our time, I just want to spend a few moments really talking about how to overcome this incompatibility. The first thing that I want to tell you is that there are some things that you won't overcome. There's just differences that you, that you won't overcome. That's just the way it is, and you've got to learn how to deal with it sometimes. But there are a few things that you can do to kind of help in that process. So here's what you can do to overcome incompatibility. Let's go to this next verse, if you will. The first thing that I want to say is this, and this is very, 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 very important. Maybe I'll add one more very, very important. Don't try to change your spouse. Amen. Can I get an amen on that? Don't try to change your spouse. Why, preacher, would you say that? Because of Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 10. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. That means that your spouse is created just the way God wanted them to be made. So don't ever try to change your spouse. God made your husband or your wife just the way they are, with all their good attributes, with all their gifts, with all their flaws, with all their little annoying habits. I'll get past that one real quick. They're beautifully and perfectly made by God the Father. So if you're thinking about changing your partner, it's probably you that needs to change. Amen? Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. It's probably you that needs to change. I I got a story to tell you. Um, Back when I was in college, I grew up in a very traditional sect of the Church of Christ. I did. I grew up in the African-American Churches of Christ, typically small ones, and we had a very uh, interesting way and and a very interesting liturgy, right? So when I grew up, you would always wear a suit and tie to church, always, right? Every single Sunday. It can be 120 degrees outside. You better have your tie on, right? And the other thing that we always had to do is you always had to have a King James Bible, right? You had to have King, and if you didn't have King James, something was, you weren't, you weren't right with God, okay? So that's kind of the, the way I came up, and I was very uh, zealous about my faith. So I noticed when Mary and I were dating, we had a Bible study one time, and I was reading from the King James for thou, O Lord, art a lamp unto my feet. And I was reading this text, and she opened up her Bible, and it was a New American Standard Version. And I said, oh, we're going to have to fix this. This is not right. So I remember I, I didn't say anything for a long time, and over time Mary and I got married, and I always had in the back of my mind, she's going to have to start reading from the King James. 
and I'm going to have to help her with that, because obviously she doesn't understand what I understand. So I remember we got married, and, and uh, one day I said, Mary, let's go to the bookstore. I had a gift I want to give you. And I went into the bookstore, and I got one of the big, fat King James Bible in black, and I bought it for her, and I gave it to her. And she said, oh, this is wonderful. Thank you. She never read it. <laughs> and one day I said, uh, Mary, come on, we're going to go to church. Why don't you grab your King James Version Bible? She said, Jason, I don't know what happened to it. She may have accidentally lost it on purpose. Go figure, right? I, but you don't try to change your, your spouse. God made them just the way that they are. And they're perfect, just the way that they are. And if you spend most of your time trying to change them, you're the one with the problem. Now, I will mention this. If there is sin involved in the life of your partner, or if they're not doing something according to God's precepts and laws, now we can start talking about the change. But let me tell you how to help them when it comes to that. You should pray for them every single day. Not fuss at them every single day, but you ought to be on your hands and knees every single day praying for them. And you should encourage them spiritually, not fuss at them constantly. There's a difference there. Because sometimes we do need to change with some of the things that we're doing in our lives. And God has given us our significant other, our spouse, to help us with that process. And husbands and wives ought to help each other with their idiosyncrasies, the things that they struggle with. Not to burden them and add more pressure to but pray for them, encourage them, say, you can do it. And I tell you what, that goes a lot further than saying, I can't stand that you do this. Why don't you do that? Why don't you do that? That's not the way God wants you to function and operate. What else? How else can you help uh, overcome incompatibility? Here's a good one. Always forgive quickly. I'm going to say that one more time. Always forgive quickly. There's a passage in the Bible that says, don't let your anger, uh, don't let the sun go down on your anger, but you've got to learn to, to forgive quickly. And I want to look at Ephesians chapter 4, Verses 29 through 32, it says this. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. And verse number 31 and 32 is where I really want to focus. Get rid of all bitterness. Husbands, don't be bitter with your wives. Wives, don't be bitter with your husbands. Get rid of rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice in verse number 32. Be kind to your wife. Be kind to your husband and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ God forgave, just as in Christ God forgave you. So we've got to learn to always forgive, and we've got to learn to forgive quickly. There is nothing more damaging in a relationship than a husband or wife who won't forgive. And I hear, you know, people all the time in various relationships, they say, you know, I can't forgive what she did, or I can't forgive what he did to me in our marriage. It's not that you can't forgive, it's that you're choosing not to forgive. So let's get real. And there's nothing more damaging than not being able to forgive. I love watching my grandparents. I mentioned it earlier. 
who have been married for 60 plus years, when they interact, it's amazing to me. They know what to say and what not to say. They know at what time to say it and what time not to say it. It's just amazing to me how they learn that. And what they tell me often is, you've got to learn to forgive and let things go. Forgiveness is the key to any thriving relationship, and you should be forgiving your spouse every single day. That's just something to think about. Forgive your spouse every single day. That's what you ought to do. And then lastly, I want to end on this. How to uh, help when it comes to incompatibility is this. You should celebrate your differences. Celebrate them, right? Celebrate them. Well, what does that mean? Let's get to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 18 through 21. But in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them just as he wanted them to be, If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you, and the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. We all know this context. We know what was going on. It was to the church in Corinth, and they were talking about the functionality within the church and how people are important, but I think this text can apply to marriage as well. Husbands and wives are just as important Their different skill sets are important to God. God didn't create some people better than others. That's not the type of God that we serve. Everybody is important in God's eyes. Everybody is the same in God's eyes. He created different people with different gifts, and all these gifts should be celebrated. Amen? Husbands should love the fact that their wives are not just like them. And wives should love the fact that their husbands are not just like them. Celebrate the differences. You know, I have a bad habit of leaving coffee mugs everywhere in the house. I don't know why I do it. I just leave coffee mugs everywhere. And Mary gets frustrated with me all the time because I leave coffee mugs and there's none for her in the morning. But I tell her to celebrate the fact that I do that because (laughs) I am different than her. Not really, not really. But the Bible tells us that husbands and wives, we all have our differences and and we should celebrate those things. And when you're able to celebrate those things, then the relationship can thrive. God made us different on purpose. Mary and I could not be more different. I tell you what, we've had a lot of growing in our relationship. We could not be more different. I'm a Lakers fan. She's a Celtics fan. I just don't understand how she can do that. (laughs) But we've learned to overcome, right? And now she's a Clippers fan. I don't know what's going on, but we got to work on that. But I tell you what, God can help you with incompatibility. And don't think that you're on an island if you're married or have a husband, spouse, or significant other, and you guys aren't vibing and aren't gelling, and you seem to be so incompatible. Because marriage is all about growing to become one, like the Scripture says. That's what marriage is all about, and you've got to work through it, stick it out, Hang in there, and it'll get sweeter and better and better as the days go by, like the song that we sing. And I'm sure many of you here this morning that have been married for 40, 50, 60 years, you can look at your spouse right now and say, life is a lot sweeter than what it used to be when we were first married. We know each other even more. We love each other even more now than when we first said, I do. And that's the way it's designed. God wants you to learn to figure out how to work out those incompatibilities. So this morning, for those of you who are married and you've been fussing a little bit or at each other's throat, that's, 
It's part of the process. Don't throw in the towel. Don't hang up. You can work through it. You can work it out. That's what God wants you to do. For those of you here this morning that are thinking about have a significant other, thinking about marriage, wanting to enter into that process, these are some of the things that you need to be aware of. And I've got the perfect plan in my mind for when a Layla gets to that point in her life where she's ready to be engaged. I've got the perfect plan. I know Alayla's going to come up and say, Dad, look at all the things we have in common with it. I just love him. These things, we just, all the things are just the same. And I'm going to say to her, okay, that's great. Tell me what you guys don't have in common. That's my plan right now. Hopefully that'll work. I don't know if it will now, but you guys pray for me. Tell me what you don't have in common, because usually what you don't have in common are the things that you really need to focus on so that your relationship can thrive. So that's my plan for right now. We'll see how it goes. Ask me in a couple of years if that worked. But anyway, whatever your needs or concerns are, we've got a song of invitation selected. If there's anyone here that needs prayer, that's working through some things, the church is here with you and for you to encourage you and to build you up. If there's anyone here that's ready to put Jesus Christ on in baptism, the baptistry is ready. We will baptize you today. You could be added to the body and start your path on the straight and narrow. Whatever your needs or concerns are, won't you come together while we stand and sing? a song of imitation.